0: The Powers on Sports podcast is brought to you by Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and Star Alvarado. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about
1: practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice.
0: It's my team.
1: It's my quarterback.
0: A kick. It is. Goal! 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 Be the man! You gotta beat the man!
1: The 2-1. Swung lane, drive,
0: let's see ya! One run is in! Here comes Reed! Here's the throw to the plate! He is! Nice! Lions run! Lions win! Lions win! Lions This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Well, the Hollywood actors are on strike. The Hollywood writers are on strike, but we here at the Powers on Sports podcast, we're never on strike. We're here for you. Welcome into another episode uh, uh, as we hit the midpoint of July, heading towards the uh, August 1st trade deadline. NFL training camps are beginning this week, college football media days throughout the country SEC ACC and company are this week lots of people talking football lots of people talking MLB trade deadline we had a classic Wimbledon final we got Messi making his debut lots of stuff going on in the sports world as we finally get to some football real football practices and such beginning all over the country in your favorite NFL town I'm your host Jason appreciate you finding us Remember, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. And you are listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm down here in Tampa where it's a nice, balmy 98 degrees. If you've been following the weather, you've been seeing these crazy weather conditions all over the country and the world where the temperatures are getting to be 125, 130 degrees. Thankfully, we've not gotten that hot down here yet, but it is plenty hot. So, Hopefully you're taking care of yourself wherever you are at. Uh, but again, appreciate you finding us on the Powers on Sports podcast. Uh, got a good episode for you this week. Uh, remember, you can find us uh, on Twitter at JPO Sports. Uh, we're going to have Greg Alman, a NFL reporter with Fox Sports. He, Greg covers the NFC South division in particular, but he covers all the NFL. Longtime media member down here in the Tampa Bay, he's going to give us a little training camp. Uh, some trading camp news and notes, nuggets and such from r- around the NFC South and the league. So, we're going to have a good chat with Greg Allman. And I'm going to give you some uh, notes and nuggets from around the sports world from the last six, seven, eight days. As we, again, we're getting close to about 10 days away or so from the N- MLB trade deadline. We'll, we'll show Hey Otani get traded, what other teams will make moves, who's going to go for it, who's going to sell who's gonna buy who's gonna stand pat so lots of stuff to talk about uh, around the sports world so let's get to it again appreciate you finding us um, if you have comments love to hear from you again at JPO sports on Twitter haven't got that threads account set set up yet I probably need to do that but no threads as of yet just Twitter um, so let's get to it all right classic Wimbledon final Last Sunday in over in England, over at Wimbledon, five set thriller, four hours and forty plus minutes. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz does dethrone uh, Djokovic and prevents him from winning his fifth straight Wimbledon final. Alcaraz wins his first Wimbledon and his second major. Excellent match. Uh, you had you had a lot of drama. You had a lot of ups and downs. A lot of swings of of emotion and 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 momentum throughout the match. Give Alcaraz all the credit. He beat Djokovic. Djokovic didn't blow it, didn't choke. None of that stuff. That was just a, a well-played match by both guys. Uh, one of the first critical moments was Alcaraz figuring out a way to get out of that second set tiebreaker. Remember, Djokovic had won like 14 or 15 straight tiebreakers in major tournaments. So for Alcaraz to win that second set, which was critical, he already lost the first and He got beat pretty soundly in the first set. Give Alcaraz credit Uh you know, the wind was a little bit of a factor in the match with Djokovic. He didn't play as well with the wind conditions. But again, great second set tiebreaker. Third set, uh, Alcaraz uh, won pretty handily. And then the fourth set, Djokovic got even again. And then you had a big fifth set. And then you had, you saw some of the drama with uh, Djokovic hitting the. Uh, the uh, the net the wood part of the net with his racket after he got broken early in the fifth set and give Alcarez the credit for for keeping it together both emotionally and with his game to uh, ho- hold serve throughout the fifth set avoid a couple of break point opportunities and such and and again just be, be a shot maker played great he went for it that's what you like to see out of the young guy obviously you remember back in the french open Cramps beset, besieged uh, Alcaraz at the French, and he got smoked at the French. Uh, but again, give uh, just a great match. A great match for tennis. That's something tennis needed. Two heavyweights. Uh, remember, uh, Djokovic was on, on track halfway home for the Grand Slam. So, so more history was on the line as far as potentially uh, setting up a Grand Slam uh, in New York for the U.S. Open. But Alcaraz gets it done in London. Wins his second major, and again, is this the changing of the guard in Wimbledon in, in, the, in the tennis circuit? I don't think so because it was six four in the fifth. It's not like Alcaraz hammered Djokovic in four sets or three easy sets. Uh, this this match could have gone either way. Uh, it was a dead even match throughout, and then but Djokovic falls in the fifth set in Wimbledon. So we'll, we'll set up a uh, hopefully another classic. Maybe we'll get another matchup at, at the U.S. Open. Um, Hard courts, obviously, in New York. So we'll see what happens. But again, a good, good weekend for tennis on the women's side. Vondra the first unseeded player in 60 years to win the title since Billie Jean King. So a nice job by Vondra beating Ons Jabor, the, the first African, uh, kind of the African. She's from Tunisia, I believe. She's trying to be, she was trying to become the first uh, African player to win a major. It's her second straight Wimbledon final loss. And again, uh, you know, Jabor had her moments in the match. To, she, she she didn't play well early in the match, and then she did play well late first set, going into the second set. But give Vondrosova the credit, the lefty. She uh, she got it done, won her first major championship, again, as an unseeded player. Some famous unseeded players that have won at Wimbledon. If you remember back in the day, Boris Becker, um, you obviously have uh, Vondra sova but again uh, good congrats to Vondra sova for winning her first for first major championship uh, Sviatek uh, didn't get it done the women's game is kind of in flux right now there's not a absolute dominant player uh, there, there, there's a, there's a handful of people that you hope that can be good players remember remember Noah Osaka, Naomi Osaka she's still t- uh, on maternity leave uh, with having a child and all that stuff so. Um, the women's the women's tour, if anything, needs a little jolt of something because uh, with when, with Serena leaving, there really isn't a there really isn't a villain or a star player that everybody's going after. Just a lot of good players, um, so you're you're gonna have a lot of these majors where there's different people winning these majors. So, but again, good for the men's game to have Alcaraz, who everybody sees as the as the coming star. That uh, you're probably not you no more Federer. Uh, Nadal's on the back end, he might have a year left at best, uh, but Djokovic probably has another eighteen months to two years of, of good play in him. So you'll probably see that uh, that that will be the 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 main uh, storyline moving forward the next year or so. Will be Alcaraz and Djokovic. See if Sinner can rise his game up. See if Rune can can step up, and we'll see if somebody else can can make this a. Uh, more than a two-person race here in these major championships. So, all right. Staying over over in Europe, let's uh, stay there. The Open Championships this week is underway. Is going to be underway on starting Thursday. They're playing at Royal Liverpool, Hoy Lake. McElroy's the defending champion the last time they played at Hoy Lake in 2014. Uh, obviously, that's the last time he's won a major title, so... Um, We'll see if he can get back on track and get get in the winner's circle again. Again, McElroy did win the Scottish Open over the weekend, played really well on Sunday to birdie the last two holes to win. So McElroy's the favorite. Again, these are all these British opens are always and these open championships are always tough because you never know what the weather conditions are gonna be. Typically this is where you'll see guys come out of nowhere to contend. Uh, a lot of european guys are in the tour in, in the tournament obviously you're going to have the live guys still in the tournament again but again McElroy, rom kepka those kind of guys who can play well in the wind who can who can handle the ball flight situation when you have the the the, the ever changing weather conditions so again the open championship royal liverpool uh hoy lake is where that will be happening so you can check that. I believe that's going to be on NBC and Peacock. I believe those are the, the, the venues where you can watch that stuff. Um, I heard a nugget that Nick Faldo's coming out of retirement to do some broadcasting this week as well for the Open Championships. We'll see yeah, how that goes and such. So, Open Championship, last major of the year. And then they'll, get, they'll gear up to the FedEx uh, finale as we move uh, through the, the end of the summer and into the fall. We'll wrap up with the FedEx Cup. And such, so last major of the year, Open Championship, Royal Liverpool. So, McElroy defending champion. Uh, I can't even remember who won the tournament last year. I know Cam Smith won a couple of years ago. I don't know who won last year. Um, dang it, I should know that, but I don't. Um, all right, soccer. A couple soccer note, note, notes and nuggets. Uh, Lionel Messi. If you saw, he made his uh, introductory press conference in Miami over the weekend. Uh, In the rain down in Miami, sounds like he's going to debut for Inter Inter Miami FC on Friday of this week. They've got a game at home game this on Friday. Sounds like he's going to make his debut then. Women's World Cup starts this weekend. Remember, the World Cup, Women's World Cup is being held over in New Zealand and Australia. Uh, The women start their play Friday night. All that coverage can be watched on Fox. So again, we'll see what happens with the, the women are trying to three-peat the World Cup. They're two-time defending champions. This will be the last tournament for uh, Megan Rapinoe. So we'll see how that uh, unfolds over the next uh, several weeks over in Australia and New Zealand. And did you see the story about Bayern Munich? Most of the teams are starting their, uh, their, their, off, their uh, training camps are underway. For their uh, domestic league seasons. All, you're going to see a lot of European teams, Germany, Italy, England, Premier League. You're going to see a lot of those teams playing friendlies over here in the States in the next several weeks. How about Bayern Munich playing a ninth division German team in an exhibition and they won 27 to nothing? Yeah, you heard that right. 27 to nothing over a ninth division. German team. Well, first of all, what is Bayern Munich doing playing a ninth division German team? I know you want to give some exposure to some of these teams, and you want to you want to give uh, in this, in, throughout Germany. You want to, you want to do some of that from time to time. But what are you doing playing a ninth division team? Play a second, third, fourth division team, something like that. But you got no business playing a ninth division team scoring twenty seven goals in a game. Are you kidding me? I mean, please, don't waste our time. Don't waste your time doing that kind of stuff. I hate to say this, but you almost deserve to get somebody hurt in a game like that when you're playing a team that's 27 to nothing. So, bad look there for Bayern Munich. I don't like that. Don't play, don't, don't don't do that kind of stuff. That's just, unless you're, unless you're paying that club team a million dollars or something like that to do, which I know they're not. Uh, don't, don't, don't do stuff like that. That's just, that's not good for the game at all. So, but Lionel Messi making his debut this week. We'll see what the mania is around that. We'll see how he looks. Obviously, um, Miami is in deep trouble in the in, they're in the last place in the Eastern Conference in MLS so we'll see if, if he can uh, sport a turnaround there for Miami inter Miami FC again reach out to my guy Ian Hest on the heron outlet for all your Miami inter all your Miami coverage messy coverage Ian does a great job with his uh, uh, his content the heron outlet the heron outlet check it out down there in Miami with all things messy and Inter-Miami FC. So, um, again, you'll see some uh, cool, uh, you'll see some friendlies on TV here in the next several couple of weekends with the English teams, the the, the German teams, the Italian teams playing here in the States on, on their little tour that they like to do in the summertime. You'll see some of the big stars play some minutes and things like that. As well. And, again, you'll have World, Women's World Cup coverage pretty much starting Friday every day on Fox You'll have a couple of games a day that you'll be able to check out as well if, you, if you're so inclined. So um, a couple Major League Baseball notes, obviously trade deadlines in about 10 days. What will the Angels do with Otani? There's more and more chatter that that uh, potentially Otani might be traded. It will depend, I think, where the Angels are about a week from now, whether they really seriously uh, entertain any thoughts of trading him. If they're within three or four games, they won't trade him of a wild card spot. But if they fall to seven or eight games out, um, then you probably will seriously see more opportunity potential for him to be traded. The teams that everybody's talking about, him potentially traded to, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Rangers, and the wildcard team, which I've been talking about here on this podcast and other places, the Tampa Bay Rays. If you're the Tampa Bay Rays, this is your chance. To, if, if he indeed is traded is put up for trade. If you're the Tampa Bay Rays and Stu Sternberg, who want a new stadium in Tampa, who are trying to, who are in the middle of a stadium battle with the cities of Tampa and St. Pete, uh, will the Rays stay in Tampa long term? Will they move? If you want to finalize a stadium deal, you go. You go make a trade for Shohei Otani and get to the World Series and win it. And the in the market of Tampa will figure out a way to, to to get your stadium deal done. Go for it, Stu Sternberg. You've never gone for it before as far as truly going for it at the trade deadline. You've made some small moves over the years. Again, the Rays are always competitive. I get it. They're in the playoffs a lot, but being in the playoffs and being a serious contender to win the whole thing are different, different, different arguments. And the Rays, the first time in their history, they've they've led the AL East at the all-star break. This is the best team they've had. From, from a balanced perspective of hitting and and uh, pitching, you've got three big starters in Glass now, McClanahan, and Eflin. You've got a good team. You've got Rosarana. You've got Franco. And if you bring in a guy like Otani, who can be your DH, he can start for you occasionally. He can be your closer, which is something they, they could really use as a dominant back-end closer. Uh, he is the kind of guy that will electrify this community. There'll be 25,000, 30,000 sellouts in that, in that ballpark for 20, the last 25 home dates of August and September. If you're, again, if you're Stu Sternberg trying to finalize and clinch a stadium deal in Tampa, this would be a great move. And most importantly, you have the players you can afford to let go. You've got prospects, big-time prospects in the minor leagues. You've got a deep minor league system. You can even let go of a major league roster player or two if need be to satisfy the Angels. You can give up three prospects and two players if need be to get Shohei Ohtani for two months, we all know Ohtani's not being being signed by the Rays long term. We all know he's probably going to stay on the on the on the West Coast when he signs in free agency. But if you're the Angels and you decide to trade Ohtani, and you're the Tampa Bay Rays, you got to make them an offer they can't refuse to go for it. You prevent them from going to the Yankees. You prevent them from going to Texas. You prevent them from going to the Dodgers. Which, by the way, they should never trade him to the Dodgers. You would be crazy to trade your if you're gonna trade them you cannot trade them to the Dodgers if you're the Angels. I don't care what the offer is, you can't trade them 30 miles down the road and watch him play 30, 30, 40 miles down the road in Los Angeles for the Dodgers for the last two months of the year. You can't do that if you're the uh Angels. But the Tampa Bay Rays to me are the wild card here um to make a big run at Otani and again it would be it would electrify this community. Uh, and, and the team needs a jolt. They've not played well the last two weeks. They've, played, they've been very poor you know. right before the All-Star break and coming out of the All-Star break. So Tampa needs a jolt of energy, and Otani would do it for the community, for the franchise, for everybody who loves baseball here in the, in, in the Florida market. So go get Otani, Stu Sternberg. All right, some other teams who are potentially going to be selling. You, a lot of chatter about the Cubs, the, the, the White Sox. Will the Mets sell maybe Verlander or Scherzer? Um, You'll see some other guys from the Mets probably get traded. The Cardinals, what will the Cardinals? Sounds like they're going to trade some guys. Uh, Will they trade Goldschmidt or Arenado? That will be interesting to see. Um, But again, those are are your kind of teams that have got some assets to sell. You'll see some of these other teams make some minor moves. The Pirates of the World. They'll they'll make some trades. Will the Padres potentially sell off a piece or two if they don't get any closer in the next 10 days? And The the active teams looking to buy are going to be the Dodgers, the Rays, the Texas Rangers, Cincinnati Reds, maybe even a Milwaukee. (coughs) Maybe even a Minnesota Twins will will try to get somebody. Uh, Will Cleveland, the Indians make a move? Who knows? But again, you're going to see a lot of activity here as we get closer to July 31st. Who will be the first team to make the first big move? That will be interesting to see. So keep your uh, keep your phones on uh, alerts on because you're going to see some trades here starting pretty soon with some of these teams. And again, where will Otani go if he's even made available to trade? So uh, you cannot, if you're the Angels, I know I know there's an argument to be made, but if, if you're out of it in ten days, you got to trade Otani. You got to get four or five pros, people that can potentially play for you in a year or so down the road you have to get some 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 return on your on your your investment if if he's not going to resign with you so all right Hall of Fame inductions are this weekend in Cooperstown two guys Scott Rowland Fred McGriff remember Fred McGriff's had to wait a long long time to get in McGriff is a Tampa kid from from Jefferson High School here in Tampa long time guy've seen I see Fred out in the community a bunch I see Fred out watching football on Sundays good guy I've had him on my on my uh, on our uh, live live shows before uh, you know, this guy was just a consummate professional. He played in the steroid era back in the 90s and such. Never was ever accused of that stuff. Just a really, really good player. You could argue, is he a Hall of Famer or not? But I think he's he, he he's done enough to be a Hall of Famer. Scott Rowland, third baseman, Cardinals, Reds. Uh, he's, he's debatable as well. A lot, there's a lot of debate about Rowland, whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. Did he ever, you know, was he ever the best player at his position? Was he ever the... Uh, you know, the reason why a team won a World Series, things like that, uh, that's debatable. And Again, McGriff's waited a long time. Roland's not waited too long. He's probably waited, he's probably been out of the league 10 years. Uh, so he's probably waited not too long. So, but Roland and Fred McGriff going into the Cooper's So, congratulations to those guys. We'll see if down the road here we can get Fred McGriff on the podcast. He is a local guy. Uh, out and about in the community a good bit. So good for Fred McGriff, good guy, and all that stuff. So last thing I want to hit before we get to Greg Allman is, is media days. Media days are going on this week in Nashville for the SEC. The ACC media days are going on, will be going on as well here shortly. Um, the Twitter talk is, is on. All the people talking, Big 12 media days are going on lawsuits are being filed at northwestern by players against the university against pat fitzgerald for the hazing incident so that's going to be an ongoing situation to pay attention to the defensive coordinator has been named the interim coach so that'll that'll be a short-term deal that'll be a four-month deal before they go and, and clean house and fire and, and bring it bring in a new coach probably around thanksgiving so that'll that that's just the start of that so that'll be a uh Tough situation up at Northwestern this football season. Remember, the baseball coach got run out of Northwestern a couple of days after Fitzgerald did for his bullying allegations. There was all kind of tox- toxicity in the baseball program for the last year or so, and he got run. So, a lot of lot of uh, lawyers getting paid some cash up in Evanston, Illinois, at Northwestern here in the in the coming weeks and months. So, uh, be interesting to see what the uh, the lawsuits. Uh, get get worked out and how those things play out. You have already seen one of the big players at Northwestern, one of the big recruits has, has already entered the transfer portal. He'll be leaving, so don't be surprised if some other guys leave here in the next couple of days because football training camps start 1st of August for most everybody at the college level. So you got got about another two weeks before all that gets officially going. So uh, there's your sports roundup for the week. Again, we've got Greg Allman coming up here in just a couple of minutes. We're going to take a quick break and get with Greg Allman, give you a little training camp uh, uh, preview around the NFL and such. Greg, again, his, Greg's covering of, the, of training camps, what are reporters looking to do during training camp, things like that. So stick around. We'll be back in just a minute or so. i going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Greg Allman from Fox Sports talking all things NFL training camp. See you in a minute. And now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to purchase your first-time home, relocate to the state of Florida, or just purchase that second home or investment property? Well, if so, Titan Home Lending can help you get financing for that new home purchase. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404, and I can help you get pre-approved in less than one day. A pre-approval is critical in order to make that offer on your home. You wanna know how much of a home you can make an offer on, and getting a pre-approval will allow you to do that. From an FHA, VA, conventional loan, jumbo loan, bank statement loans, there are numerous loan options out there to help you get into your house of your dreams. You can also renovate. You can do a renovation loan which will allow you to make home improvements and finance the costs into the loan. So reach out to Titan Home Lending anywhere in the state of Florida for your next home purchase. 205-790-1404. Now a word from our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions as well as Star Alvarado, our realtor here on the podcast. If you have any buying and selling needs anywhere in the Bay Area, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She can help you on the selling side or the buying side of any real estate transaction here in the Tampa Bay Area. From St. Pete, to Tampa, to Wesley Chapel, and anywhere in between. Reach out to Star Alvarado, 813 538 9572. And print and marketing solutions, my guy Todd Tedesco, 813 498 2887. Todd's located on the corner of Line Ball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. Todd can help you with all of your print and supply needs corporate events, golf tournaments, signs and banners, marketing pieces, color copies anything in between Todd is your print and marketing specialist again print and marketing s- specialists Todd Tedesco 813-498-2887 all right welcome back powers on sports podcast well we are finally here that time of year NFL training camps we've gotten through the draft OTAs mini camp now we are finally here the fellas back are back on campus starting this week's handful of teams report this week, and the vast majority of the NFL will report uh, at some point early next week to start their official training camps, and no better person to talk NFL training camps and NFC South than Greg Allman, a longtime NFL reporter. He's now covering the NFL for Fox Sports. He's a longtime uh, member of the Tampa Bay sports media down here, but now he's covering uh, more than just the Tampa Bay market. So welcome in, Greg. Hey, thanks for having me. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate it. Uh, first question, what's the best and worst part about covering training camps for a guy like you that does it on a kind of daily basis? Yeah,
1: it's, I mean, the best part is is that you have something to actually write about. I mean, the second half of summer, post-RAF, post-free agency, is just a lot of storylines and practices don't mean a whole lot. And this is really the start of things that matter. And uh, you get through a couple of weeks of practices, you have preseason games, and then it starts really in earnest. So no, the most exciting part is just having things, the idea that every day there's something big that could happen. There's something real to write about. Uh, That's the cool part. You kind of, you enjoy the downtime, but I think from a professional standpoint, you're ready for things to happen um that, that's probably the best part worst part i'm in florida in tampa so it's good and hot um the bucks have a pretty good setup where we're, we're well covered if we want to in terms of having uh shade which always helps um uh, yes. i got a big old floppy bucket hat that keeps me from getting <laughs> as burnt as i could be um and the bucks go early which is nice too i can't say how cool it is to have 8 30 9 30 practices where uh before it really really gets hot you're back inside and and kind of get your reporting done early in the day, which is nice too.
0: How do you handle now that you've got kind of got a more than just the bucks to cover? How do you manage your time as far as getting video interviews, stuff like that from the other teams that you cover? Yeah, it's
1: a challenge and it's something I'm still kind of figuring out. I'm still basically in my first year through the job covering the entire division. And it's, it's hard to cover teams when you're not in the city they're in um, just because you're not as present. You're not there. You're not, um, you don't have that, recognition factor you have with players and coaches when you're in the locker room every day so just trying to get to the other teams as much as i can um preseason is good for that i think the falcons have a game on a sunday where it can get atlanta's nice you can fly up to atlanta for like eighty dollars round trip right uh another deal that i think the saints have another game that's just a, a day separate from the rest of the the division where i'll get to new orleans um i think that's the rams maybe no the chiefs maybe i think they go there so right um just trying to get to these cities. Um, it's like I, I was going to try and get to Carolina for the first day of their training camp. I'm not sure if I'll do that or not, but um, you just want to get, you know, in-person time with these players, with these coaches. Um, and then, you know, still mapping out where you're going to be each week, what the most compelling uh, game to cover is. Um, you know, last year with Brady, I think it made it easy to kind of default to the Bucks and everything they did, uh, unless you had a more compelling game somewhere else. So now it's probably a little less that case. Um yep. I'm still mapping things out in the second half of the season because we don't know who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. But um, sure. it's neat to to try and kind of get some coverage of everybody,
0: uh, but allow yourself the flexibility to kind of ride the hot hand when a team gets going. For sure, for sure. Interesting division, the NFC South. You got four brand new starting quarterback situations all over the division. That's probably the only division in football that can say that, that there's going to be four brand new starters. You got three of the four head coaches that you could make the arguments kind of on the hot seat a little bit, other than maybe Frank Reich in Carolina. Everybody else has kind of got some expectation and some wonder, can they do the job or not? How do you see the, just just your overall thought of the NFC South as we start? You got obviously Bryce Young the number one pick in the draft. You got, you know, the battle down here in Tampa, Baker and Kyle Trask. You got Atlanta with uncertainty at quarterback and kind of the coach. We don't know what's going on there. Just talk about the division in general that you see some coming in.
1: Yeah, it's tough to project just because two things. Um one, it's still insanely tightly bunched. I mean, a year ago you had one win separating first and last. Yeah. Um And the team that won is probably the team that improved the least in Tampa Bay. And then there's so much that's new, like you said, Um, basically four new quarterbacks. I mean, the the dean of the division is Desmond Ritter, who has four career starts. Everybody else is pretty much brand new. Um, And honestly, a lot of coaches, one new head coach, five new coordinators in the division um, to where you don't even know necessarily what to see or what to expect from a scheme standpoint. So I probably start with Carolina right now. I think everybody has a, a weakness. Everybody has a a flaw, if you will, Carolina has a rookie quarterback. Um, No quarterback drafted number one overall has ever won a division title in the NFL. So Bryce Young probably has as good a shot as anybody just because the division he's in and the fact that eight wins got it done a year ago. Um, New Orleans, you know, did so well to get Derek Carr and bring him in, to bring in Jamal Williams to probably weather a difficult spring of free agency better than I thought they would. Um, Their defense is getting old. Um, They need guys like Cam Jordan and Demario Davis and Tyron Matthew to not act their age, um, to to kind of continue right. to play um at a level that guys their age don't normally play. But it's something like Mike done, Thomas done to stay well.
0: healthy, got guy like Mike Thomas to actually get oh, on healthy. the field and, and get play. Michael
1: Thomas healthy. There's there's lots of offensive weapons they can have if, if Kamara isn't suspended that long. There, there's lots of what ifs yep. on offense for that team. Um, you know, you look at Atlanta and again a big question mark at quarterback is we don't really know what Desmond Ritter is going to be but you probably have the number one run game in the NFL you have a, a much improved defense probably five or six new starters there mm-hmm. uh, but again Art Smith's probably on the on the bubble on the I mean if he doesn't exceed that seven and ten mark right. this year he might be in trouble uh, Tampa Bay again lost so much not just Brady but a lot of other veteran types I, I think uh, eleven of their thirteen oldest players from last year are gone. So there'll be a much younger team, a much less experienced team. Um, But I also feel like Tampa Bay has a chance to kind of flip the script. And that last year, expectations were so high. And even though they won the division, they really fell short of those um, in losing in the first round of the playoffs with Tom Brady as your quarterback. And now I feel like, you know, there's very little expectations around this team to where if Baker Mayfield can click and get back to his best self. Um, it would be really easy for this Bucks team to exceed expectations now. So all four teams, I, I wouldn't pick any one to be two games above the rest. I think it's going to come down to the end, and it's just going to come down to who can win their division games in the last two three weeks of the season.
0: Do you anticipate this being a nine win division winner? The winner of the division is probably nine and eight.
1: If it's, I mean, ten and seven wins. I mean, all, all it takes yeah. is you know. I mean, if you you sweep one division opponent, right? I mean, this this is a, a league a division this year where they're going to face the AFC South. So you get. Chances are you're getting Anthony Richardson. Chances are you're getting, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud. Right. You know, we don't know how long Tennessee's going to stick with Tannehill. You could have a young quarterback there, too. Right. Uh, everybody in this this division plays Jordan Love. Green Bay could be <laughs> a 10-win team or they could be a 6-win team. We really don't know how they'll be in the right. post-Rodgers era. So um, it, it seems to me that the teams that can handle the young quarterbacks that are all over these schedules are probably the ones that are in best shape to win the division.
0: Give me a couple of breakout players, just some, maybe not the star guys, but give me a couple, two or three breakout players in the division that you could really see making a big jump here uh, in 2023.
1: Yeah, I mean, Saints, honestly, I mean, you know, Jamal Williams is a newcomer here, but scored more touchdowns than anybody in the league. Um, somebody at receiver will jump out. I think is still their number one, but whether it's a, a healthy Michael Thomas coming back, getting back to even close to where he was 17, 18, 19, mm-hmm. would be huge for them. Rasheed Shaheed could be another guy that steps up for them. In Atlanta, I think it's probably a comeback year for Cobb Pitts. I think this is probably a year he gets back and, and looks like the guy they wanted him to have, um, especially in the end zone. Uh, for him to have three touchdowns in two years is, is crazy. crazy. But if, yeah. if he's healthy, uh, if he has the weapons around him with Drake London and, and Bijan Robinson now, uh, Tyler Algier, um, he's a guy that could really have a big step forward there. Carolina, um, I don't know who Carolina jumps out with. I mean, Mingo is their second-round pick is a guy that could really step up. I think a lot of the attention is on... Uh, The veteran guys they brought in in terms Mm of, uh, you know, bringing in older guys, but guys that have really played well in this league. He's a guy that could step up even as a three and really do well there. Uh, Tampa Bay, obviously a lot of eyes are on Rashad White. That's not really a surprising pick there, but um, they want to be better in their run game and he's easily the best they have. So I would say he's the guy probably in best position. Uh, Everybody knows Evans and Godwin, but he could be a really strong number three there in terms of their offensive weapons and, and guys that could be better than they were last year.
0: Let's, let's go to the NFL in whole here. Let's talk a, just a couple NFL in general topics. Where do you think this Gruden in the NFL story goes? We had the big story last week out of Don Van Nata about the whole emails and all that stuff. What do you think is the, what is the next step in this process with Gruden in the NFL?
1: You know, I don't know. It's one of those where, you know, I don't know who else can bring it down. Obviously, there's a lot of other people that had emails that were probably damning the way Gruden was kind of scuttled with those. But we're never going to see them all. It's one of those where they were, Whoever got these out to us was probably be pretty careful with with who was exposed by them. You know, Daniel Snyder is going to be gone. That takes care of one big part of this. I don't know whether it's one of those where once the sale's complete and he's gone, it's it's out of sight, out of mind, or whether people are still going back and forth about that. You know, Gruden's in a tough spot in that he is not that far removed from a hundred million dollar contract, um, right? And needs to find somebody in some position that gives him a first step back. And every time you can get back, if it, even if it's not as a head coach, just as an assistant somewhere, you make yourself a little less radioactive. Um, still a great coach, still a personality people really liked. Um, just said enough things to to piss enough people off where he, <laughs> right. he's untouchable right now. Uh, he's still here in Tampa. I see him around town sometimes. Yep. Um, but again, it's it's one of those where um from a football standpoint the league's certainly better with him in it but he he's got to get over some of the the bridges that have to be mended i guess with that right now i yeah. don't I don't know if there's any more penalty against washington institutionally right. against uh bruce allen and anybody else there's lots of other people that are involved to some extent
0: do you get the sense i mean obviously if, if fans that didn't keep up he was in new orleans this off season for a little bit of time helping dennis allen do you get the sense that gruden would come back as a coordinator Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those where I mean, he—he's a guy that's you know up early,
1: he got an opportunity, watching yeah. film. You hear about different people coming in just to, to hang out. Carson Wentz was hanging out with him watching tape. Right. To where I, I don't think it takes very much to get him to do something. Um, it's just a matter of whether he's ready to be back to a level of public scrutiny to act. Right. People asking about uh, things he said and written and done. Um, I think I think he does want to get back. It's one of those where he—he's done enough and won enough and made enough. We don't have to. But I think he's still also young enough as a coach where you don't necessarily want to just fade uh, away from the, the spotlight and the sport the way he has. I, I don't know. I guess I'll be curious to see what comes of it and how long it takes him to get back in, in the good graces of the
0: league. What What is your sense of what's the next big NFL league story or the big, what's the next big thing coming here, whether it's in training camp or at some point this year, what do you sense is the next big NFL story? Yeah, to come? I mean, immediately
1: it's just going to be where all these running backs land. I mean, to have all these talented running backs in in Zeke Elliott and, um, you know, you think about Leonard Fournette still being unsigned. Dalvin Cook is still unsigned. Um, Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Hunt unsigned. yeah. Th- those are four guys that that should be on NFL rosters. They're probably not um, 1,200-yard rushers anymore. But they're going to make somebody better, and it's a big thing that's going to come out here in the next week or two as these camps start. Uh, beyond that, I'm just curious to see how things shake out. I mean, it's one of those where, um, you know, now with the Chiefs back as defending champs, you know, I think the Eagles have so much back. Um it'll be curious to see which teams can emerge as the challengers on both sides, you know, and I think Buffalo's probably right there on the NFC side. I'll be curious to see who steps up to kind of fill a void there. Um, You know, AFC East is just stacked as a division. That's probably when I look at divisions and what are the most impressive. I mean, to have Buffalo back, to have Miami upgraded, to have the Jets now with Aaron Rodgers and upgraded. uh, The Patriots are probably a hard fourth in in that four right now. Um, yeah, I mean, this is where this will be neat in that a year ago was kind of the Russell Wilson stuff to Sean Watson came in a little later. Mm. So now to see Aaron Rodgers and obviously a lot of eyes will be on them with hard knocks just with Aaron Rodgers in New York. That'll be a major storyline period for the next four months. If they're successful, it's the Jets in the playoffs, which is wild. If they're not, I think Aaron Rodgers is one of those where a lot of people just want to watch him struggle when he struggles. too. <laughs> and that, that'll be one of the overriding storylines of, of this season, good or bad.
0: And I don't know if you'll be there, but the Buccaneers go up to New York to practice with the Jets for a couple of days before they play in the preseason. So that'll be a interesting. I don't, again, I don't know if that's yeah. on your calendar. but No, I'd uh, like
1: to. I don't think we have got probably have our Jets writer up there doing that. He was the East writer. But uh, yeah, the Jets actually get two NFC South teams for a joint. So I think the NFC South is going to be cameos all over hard knocks because I think they get the Panthers the week before they uh they host the Bucks in New York, but yeah, it'll be fun to see. Obviously it, it, it's one of those where all eyes are on the jets, but it'll be neat to see kind of who's in the background and, and the practice shots and the stuff we don't necessarily catch in real time watching them. All
0: right, Greg, we'll get the sunscreen out, get the bucket hat ready, do a little uh, La Terracita lunch once in one of these days from chicken to the yellow rice and all that good stuff. I appreciate the time. Tell everybody where they can find all your great work online.
1: Yeah, um, uh, foxsports.com, everything already is there. Um, getting ready for, you know, lots of stuff coming here in the next week. It's going to be pretty much daily content starting a week from now. Um, and then I'm on Twitter at my name, Greg Allman, A-U-M-A-N, on threads now. I guess I should point that out. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram, just about everything else. Thanks again for having me on, though. I appreciate you got it. it.
0: Greg does great work. He's been doing a long time, and he is a very much of a, a dialed in with a lot of these teams. So I appreciate the time, Greg, and have a great uh, start of training camp. We'll talk to Thanks you soon. You, See ya. Have a great week.